Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the SAP, the Sex Actually podcast, SAP. Yeah, you know me. It's your boy, as always, Dave Neal. This week, like every week, I'm joined by Tasha Courtney, my better half. Ladies all want equal rights, except when it comes to being described as the better half. You win. You're the better half. Better two-thirds, actually. Uh, we, have a good, we have a good one for you this week. We talk with Leah Lamar. Leah is a very funny stand-up comedian originally from... It's in New York or New Jersey. I can never tell. It's the same place, right? And uh, living out in LA. I, you know, meeting Leah was interesting because was a few weeks ago, we were both on the same show together. Realized we both have lived in LA for five-plus years doing stand-up comedy and have never met. And um, she has her own podcast where she invites single people on and hooks them up and tries to set up a date. Jewish ladies love matchmaking. What is it about them? I don't know. They love matchmaking, so her podcast about matchmaking... You're going to love this chat. Uh, but first, we got to pay some bills. So as always, you guys know, you've been listening. We are sponsored by Promescent. Make love longer. Promescent is a climax control spray. You heard it here right, folks. Um, delayspray.com. You can get a free voucher for... Fi- I'm sorry. It's not a free voucher. <laughs> I'm not going to edit that out. You heard it here. It's not a free voucher. It's 15% off delayspray.com for um, your own Climax Control Spray called Promescent. Basically, urologist created a way for men to last longer in bed. There is such thing called the orgasm gap. Men um, climax, on average, after about five minutes of sex while women take about 18 because they're always delayed, right? So this is this gives the men a fighting chance. It kind of shrinks that gap, if you will. It only shrinks the gap, just so you know. It's easy to use, discreet shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee, and it's a bestseller on Amazon, uh, which is good to know. It's good to know because you just don't want to spray shit on your dick without knowing it's a bestseller on Amazon. Trust me, folks. I tested it out for you. There's minimal transference to the partner when it's used, which basically means you spray it on yourself. It's got lidocaine, which is a numbing agent, kind of seeps into your skin a little bit, so it helps you last longer while maintaining an erection, and then it doesn't, you know, you wait a, you wait a minute or two before you, st- you can't just spray it on yourself and have sex, all right? You're going to get a numb clam. You don't need that. You don't need her chopsticks to be, you know what I mean? So, uh... That's that's the deal. That's Promescent. They've been a great sponsor of ours, and we need you guys to support our sponsors. That's why you get these shows for free. We get to um, we get to put these shows on for free, and you get to hear about products we love. So use this technology uh, and uh, enjoy it. You know what I mean. And it's not always for people that have premature ejaculation problems. It can just be the fact that you want to have fun. You ever have a little extra time off on a Sunday? It's raining outside. You were gonna go to the farmers market. You popped an edible in. You're watching a couple episodes of a show on Netflix and you decide to spend the afternoon fucking, well, this is the tool for you. Spray spray an extra pump for Dave. Tasha, wouldn't that be a fun slogan? <laughs> Promescent, Climax Control Spray. Spray an extra pump for Dave. You heard it here first, folks. All right, let's, uh, let's get right into it. You're going to love our chat with Leah. And also, just I wanted to thank you guys so much for helping keep us in the top 100 on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. We're in the top 100 for comedy interviews. That's right, because it's an interview where, you know, what I what I pride myself in most with this podcast is we're trying to get to the truth, the authenticity. We're trying to, you know, learn to communicate better, but we're also trying to have fun in the process. Humor does not have to be independent of growth, right? We can have fun laughing at ourselves, at our mistakes, at our failures, at our past, but also learning a little bit along the way. So we hope you guys have fun with us as you sit shotgun on the podcast we call Life. 
Is that too deep for you? Anyway, so thanks again for helping us be in the top 100. And of course, the way we stay in the top 100 on comedy interviews, the way we kind of stay on the charts, the way we kind of crack the algorithm is subscribing on Apple Podcasts. If you have an iPad that you don't use, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Just throw in an extra subscription for us. You know what I mean? If you're with a friend, say, hey, Siri, subscribe to this app. Just go in there and do it. Go right onto their phone. Just tell Siri what to do. Get on your Alexa. Hey, Google Play. So whatever it is, just ask for a subscription here because every extra one helps. And then when you're flying on a plane in airplane mode, like one of our listeners just wrote in and said they binged us, you can pop in an episode. Nothing helps you sleep more than the delicious sound of me doing an ad read for Promescent. Pump an extra one out for your boy, Dave. Anyway, without further ado, and by the way, if you just if you don't have the funds to subscribe to the Patreon or support any other way, sub- su- support by sharing us on your Instagram. Support by sharing us on your Facebook. I think Instagram is the best way. Twitter, if you're going to tweet a shout out to us, uh, make sure to include that the uh, at Apple Podcast to let them know because we're trying to get them to feature us. So there's ways that you can help us out by uh, listening to the show uh, by sharing it with your friends. So we appreciate you guys doing that. If you want to go to the Instagram, it's at the dot sap at the dot sap. And you can just tag one of your friends in one of the uh, posts and maybe they can find us that way. So we appreciate all that. So much extra content coming to the Patreon. We appreciate all of our new Patreon members. We're putting on extra content every week. The Mimosa show was fucking kick ass this month. It was amazing. I'm going to have that up uh, by the end of the week. So we've got the Mimosa stand stand-up show, all of the solo episodes, all of the extra Friday new music episodes, the weird ep- the weird, as f- uh, weird AF news episodes I do with Jonesy. It's all on the Patreon. It's a small monthly subscription that helps us be more creative, spend more time podcasting, upgrade the equipment, and all that jazz. All that jazz. So pump one out for your boy Dave. Spray one on your dick for your boy Dave. And enjoy our chat with Leah Lamar. myself as a complainer at all i feel like i never complain about anything but am i highly critical on the inside yes 100 for sure that's relationships are built on being on the same team for certain things so when you can like be oh i was gonna say great sex but yeah that's that's probably why i'm not in a relationship right now (laughs) when the sex goes you have to be able to criticize other couples like if like like if we're hanging with other couples we're probably gonna shit on them on the car ride home that's not true well it's a competition of who's a better couple right i mean like let's be honest life's the competition it is so let's just jump right into it ladies and gentlemen welcome to the sap it's your boy dave neal with tasha cordy and leah lamar what it been so excited to say your name leah lamar thank you so much that's a good name we're freshly uh, fresh friends just met yeah. one of us isn't working hard enough probably me because we've been <laughs> in the same scene for half a decade and didn't know each other <laughs> it's honestly odd when you're people who've been in comedy for so long and you've never met it's it's just like how did we not because you, you asked ever. me where I do stand up, and I was like, "Well, where do you do stand up?" Yeah, you're like, <laughs> "What the fuck, bitch? What are you talking and about?" And it's like we're you know friends with mutual friends on a show. By the way, not not to shit on that show, but the theme of the show we were on is Reed, who's a very funny comic. He skypes his mom into the show from Canada, <clears throat> so she's watching the show on a big screen. So she, so like the audience can see her reacting to your material. It's it's very much. I just did that show again last night. <laughs> well, one because of us was Reed was out of town, 
So Josh Edelman took over and it was his mom. And I was like, if it's a Jewish mom, I'm just going to win by default. <laughs> by default. And I did. So <laughs> that's it. I won the love of two mothers except my own, which is why I do stand up. <laughs> Thank you. My mom could never see other comics doing stand up. Like, I can control what she hears me say. But I, I would be terrified to have my mom on camera because she doesn't have that sense of humor. Like, does your could your mom hear like dirty material? I don't know about dirty, but my mom is the funniest person on the planet. Really? She's a very good story. Well, she's like an old Yenta. So the way that she tells stories, you're like, I don't know if I want this to end or I'm dying to hear the punchline. You know, it's like it could go on for six years if you let the story <laughs> go on that long. But the whole time you're just like, who is this person? Why is she so wacky and funny? Are the Jewish stereotypes real as far as mothers and how they are always trying to sell you to some guy or whatever? My mom let go of that a long time ago when she realized that I was attracted to monsters only and that I wouldn't listen to a thing she said. So I would say no, but I know a lot of other Jewish mothers have, who have tried to get me to date their sons and Armenian grandparents in Glendale. I'm like, I'm not Armenian. They're like, yes, you are. I have grandson. I'm like, che, che. They're like, see, I'm like, no, it means no. That's the only word I know in Armenian. Are you get a nice so BMW lease. I mean, it could be honestly, it could be really fun. Um, I do like brown men. Just and in general or specific yes. types? No, like any, anyone that's not white, is unfortunately. It, it I, uh, <laughs> I, it's hard for me because I just really don't want to have my children be basic. No offense to you guys. <laughs> I, uh, I feel like for me personally, my Jew genes, my Jew genes are so strong that my children won't survive the apocalypse. Like they won't survive allergy season, let alone <laughs> any sort of natural disaster. You know, are these all accurate? The allergy thing and all in uh, the, I'm allergic good, to good with literally a, everything. Like, I'm allergic to the outdoors. I'm allergic to the indoors. I'm allergic to grass, air, pollen. So trees. we need a little genetic diversity. That's is what I'm what saying. You're saying. Yeah, I think that my my attraction comes from my body being like, no, your babies have to actually have a chance at survival. <laughs> Tasha's uh, ex is Jewish, and um, I'm so sorry for your I, loss. I, uh, <laughs> I don't think her. Um, I don't think your ex's parents approved of you. Is that right? Yeah, it was. Well, I'm sure you're familiar with this story, Wait, but are you? I'm not familiar with the story, but what are you? I'm nothing. I'm Basic. from Kentucky. I'm just a Hilarious. white girl. But she did spend like 25 tan. years thinking you were native and you're not. You got the test. You're yes. actually. Yeah, so funny. Elizabeth Warren, me. Um, no. Yeah. That's like the rumor in our family because we're very brown. Right. Yeah, and and um, so the rumor was always like, no, Native American, black, Irish, whatever, like anything that like people would lie about on the census. Wait, what is black Irish? Yeah. Black Irish is something that people think is something that it's not. It's just dark. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like me. My family was black Irish. It's dark eyebrows. It's not like the ginger redhead. Irish. But that's a Jewish thing, too, then. You yeah, know, but it, it <laughs> yeah. was like the Spanish kind of like raped and pillaged Ireland. It, it all goes back to who raped who. There's so much rape in our history and also in our present so yeah. nothing has really changed but then you'll yeah. see someone history who's like just repeats itself it, you'll history see someone who's like 99 percent finnish and then one percent madagascarian or whatever you know what i mean like you'll just see that when people get Genghis their khan really he, did a toll on some people. yeah he's he's got more descendants than anyone right doesn't he have like half the world's population or something crazy like that really and 
their family tree. I don't know. Tree. I mean, that was the purpose of like um, of genetics. It's like the the rich and the rich and strong, the powerful could like spread their the seed. The point of genetics was that we could find out which rapists <laughs> we're all from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you done a, a gene test? Yeah, they sent me back a bagel. <laughs> <laughs> Did it come with lox? Yeah, bagel lox. Yeah, of course, cream cheese, capers, the whole thing. Well, what keeps like would your mom be upset if you and you said you like you're attracted to monsters, Jewish monsters, or just any type of guy? Any monster, usually not Jewish. Italian. I was recently dating a Mexican guy. Uh, before that, a guy who is half Muslim. You know, I just really, there's, if you put all the guys I ever dated in a lineup, you'd be like, oh, I've, so you don't, you'd never saw the guy who committed the crime. You just <laughs> randomly chose people. You're just always a perpetrator yeah. on law and order. Yeah, you just exactly. always got the, well, so, but it's, so what's the guy you want to settle down with? Like, what's your dream? Like, like, like a, like a celebrity. Is it like, get this. Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, someone who's nice. That's a, that's bullshit. Just I think. vomit in your mouth. No, I'm just used to dating assholes, so I'm now really attracted to nice guys. And anytime a guy negs me up top, I just never talk to them again. That's how it should be from the beginning. I don't know why so many girls are still falling for this neg bullshit. If it didn't like, work, we wouldn't do insult. it. One insult because they always do it right at the beginning, so mm -hmm. that's sort of the good thing about it. Like you, you've just swiped or whatever. You're still doing like little texting. You haven't met yet, and you get your first insult. Mm -hmm. Block. That's simple. You save Goodbye. yourself so much headache. I am lightly seeing someone at the moment. And by lightly, I mean in the last three days. Congratulations. So uh, by the time this comes out, it probably <laughs> <laughs> dissipated. But the only difference between him and all the other guys I've ever dated is that we were friends first. And he's just really nice to me. Is he, he a stand-up comedian? I will not say anything about him. Uh, <laughs> wow. But he's... Were you on his show last night? Was it this guy? No, I wasn't on the show last night. No, no. Um, was I on a show last night? No. And um, yeah, well, if anyone wants to book me on their shows, I will date you. <laughs> For uh, three days. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's okay if you date a comedian. No. I, don't, I don't like this whole thing where people say, like, you shouldn't date this, this person. Uh, people individually can be shitty or good. I agree with that, except for I don't because comedians are the worst. But other than that, <laughs> um, no, no, he's just consistent, clear, kind, and, communi and he communicates well. And, and that's a, my number one most important thing is good communication. Oh, Enough yes. of this, like guessing games and not knowing where you stand. Like Tasha, I want you're someone literally who's describing you. I have to guess where you stand every morning. I spell it out for you every day. I'm sorry that your comprehension is poor. I just let her sleep on the couch from now. She'll she'll pass out on the couch and I'll start to wake her up like, babe, time for bed. And she'll just start growling at me. Not yeah, remember I get that. it. Don't wake her up when yeah. she's sleeping. Everybody feels that way about being woken up mid so REM I, cycle. But yeah. then I got to leave the lights on. And you know, we're in a studio. So the couch and the bed are seven feet this away. This like a junior one bedroom. Junior one bedroom. Yeah. That's, that, that's exactly <laughs> how it was advertised. Exactly how it was in the Craigslist. <laughs> but anyway yeah, I it. it's yeah. i yes tasha i understand what you would like in a in a partner and we we always we always set the bar high but do you ever wonder if you said i guess bar? that person is not dave you know <laughs> <laughs> well he couldn't make it today uh yeah. <laughs> but i have had to worry if like the only reason you know i've had to worry if the only reason her relationship with the other with her ex didn't work out is because of his jewish parents you know what i mean like that's a shitty way for a relationship not to work out like i'd rather mm. i'd rather you be like he's a fucking scumbag well that's not the shit. only reason but that is a massive reason but at least you know she can never go back until they're dead which 
which might be at least 20 years, you know? So. What if they get wiped out by a bad uh, allergy season It's very probable. <laughs> yeah. And it's know. about to come up. Like, October, that's really the worst. Am I yeah. even allowed to say that these days? I don't know. I'm allowed I'm just to. Follow- You're not. Okay, yeah. I'm, just, I'm Jewish adjacent. I might You'll be Jewish. You'll never... You are? I might be. But you might, might will never be on SNL now. Well, no. <laughs> unless, no the, unless we get that DNA test back. I'm 34. There's, I'm a Hilarious. decade too old for that. But um, they're, they're, I might be Jewish. I have to, da- I have to take the test. But I have it. My I'm dad so was adopted. Yeah. Uh, I have, uh, Jewish guys have uh, good dicks, I think. I think that's a... Well, right? they're also funny. Funny with good dicks. I think that's a good... Is that the stereotype we're talking about Jewish men now? I think, I think so. Because I think funny is what we got. <laughs> funny, yeah. funny looking dicks. Yeah. They're not good lovers? I wouldn't know. You don't, you really haven't dated enough Jewish guys? I honestly, well, I have like dating amnesia. So sometimes once you're out of my life, I forget you existed. Yeah, especially if it was a short thing. Or well, even you if just it was a long like, thing. Like <laughs> block it out because it was too traumatic. Well, there was the other day someone was like, who was that guy you dated for a year? I was like, I dated someone for a year. And she was like, yeah, he had glasses. I was like, I dated someone with glasses. Like I literally couldn't remember. And she said his name and I was like, oh, Oh yeah, I guess I did date him. Like legitimately, I forget people exist. If uh, all of your exes got around and like had a group chat about what was wrong with you in the dating world, <laughs> what would what would they all come to agreement on? Like, what's your what's your common denominator of something that you're kind of shitty at? Cared too much about them. Really? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would say I hate cooking. I would prefer if the guy did all the cooking. But that's not like a relationship ender. For some guys. It, because it makes me less maternal. Listen, as long they're as you're young, about their kids, and they're like, oh, "I'm gonna have to do so much work." You know? <laughs> as long as you're young and you got the looks, you don't have to cook. Both of you, pretty young ladies, you don't have to cook. The second you lose, thank you for calling me young. I yeah. really appreciate it. <laughs> I think you're both. You're, I think you're younger than us. I'm 34. You're you're I'm your 20s. Than you. you still yeah. in your 20s? Yeah. Okay, you're young. Uh, no, you so you got that. You know, eventually you have to learn how to make a casserole. You know what I mean? Uh, that's a Jewish joke, <laughs> and I won't have it. <laughs> yeah. The Catholics. My mom lived off of casseroles. Uh, you know, the Catholics and the Jewish aren't far apart. I think because we have shame, so much guilt, so, a mm. lot of guilt. And I mean, the Catholics don't care so much about you about me marrying a Catholic. My mom could care less if our if our marriage or whatever you know is in the Catholic Church. I know I think that's like ship sailed because they yeah, don't but have. That's the, the thing about Catholics is that it's more of a religion. It's like it's fake. You can slip in and out of it. Whereas for a lot of Jewish people, it's less about religion and more about race. I feel like right, or at least that was my experience. Yeah, the race card isn't a big deal at all. I think it's more about whether or not your parents want you to end up happy you know so <laughs> they just well they have that same as the armenians that like old style where they're matchmaking you i think they'd prefer if i married someone jewish but at this point they're just like anyone <laughs> literally anyone you know i mentioned this i mentioned this on touch's instagram the other day and some guy some guy sent me a private message asking if i was okay but i mentioned that tasha posted a photo with me in it and it performed very poorly compared to her photos alone mm-hmm. and i understand that it's an algorithm thing i get it so like like it gets about one fifth the amount of love a photo with me in it. Whereas if I post a photo, it gets double the amount of love. So are we taking that shirt off though, Dave? Come on. What are we? I, I, I was I was shirtless <laughs> in the photo. Maybe that's why I didn't oh, do yeah. it. Oh <laughs> yeah. But I know okay. I was bloated. We were on. in Thailand. I ate noodles. You but, had your um, period. I, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And um, but it makes me. It's like a slow like uh, talking about negging. It's like a slow burn that whenever that I know it makes me feel like in our relationship I'm the less than because whenever mm. I post a photo, everyone's like, oh great. You guys, and then whenever she posts one, crickets, 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 nothing. 
nothing. And I'm like, well, man, fuck your fucking following. Because if fuck it makes them. you feel any better, like, yes, that was true before, but also now my photos just don't perform because, because the new algorithm. So like literally like nothing's performing. Well, I think that guy people are more excited to post on your comment on your photos dave of the two of you because they're like oh a comedian can have a successful relationship and it just gives all the other comics hope right but then when they see a hot woman post a photo with another man they're like fuck that yeah, <laughs> no, no reason to be here i think you're right that it that like also her following was built on her being like this single kind of sexy person are you a model yeah so you do professionally yeah i mean that was should have been my first guess <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. instead of are you a comedian no extremely beautiful if I dabbled in modeling, that wasn't. Well, you know, sorry, it's my second guess for you, Dave. Um. I, uh, but but you're right in that her follow her followers really just came for the butt, and 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 so they see me and like the oh, fuck out of here, this asshole. And I get that, but it's still like, st- imagine if it was reversed. Imagine if I was afraid to post a photo of you, Tasha, because everyone would be like, boo, fuck her. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would suck, and that would really hurt my feelings. I'm glad that's not. Anyway, the case. I don't know why I brought that up because it's not a big deal. But it was like, <laughs> this guy was like, does this really bother you? And I was like, look, man, like no, but but it's still annoying at best. It's not like it doesn't bother me, but it's kind of like, I would rather you be like, here's my man. And everyone's like, woo, go get him. Awesome. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, you're like, it's like, I have to but do, s- but you're forgetting that there were lots of people like 500 people that were very supportive. So those are like the, the small percentage of my followers that a saw the post in the first place because of the algorithm and B have stuck around this long to know who you are and are supportive of our relationship. Anyway, the point I don't want to make this about me, but the live stream isn't at all on me and I'm not offended. I guess I'm just curious, like, am I too ugly for your followers? You know, you guys are talking about being together and now they're comfortable with you guys together. Is it just like you can't have a third person because it'll ruin your image? Am I not hot we enough just don't for even you? Am I too Jewish for you? What is the problem? No, you're focused on the good camera. This is just, uh, oh, this, that's this, the good this camera. Is our side, this is our side bitch. You Whatever side about bitch. Him. Hey friends. Okay. But, but I, I don't know what my initial point of that kind of pity party was, but that's my beard. What, what I'm just putting it off the stream. Oh, okay. So, um, like, do you have to deal? Yeah, unless they sponsor you. Yeah, yeah. they have <laughs> to pay, pay money bitch. for that. What, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to relate my thing back to you, and I, I should start with just relating it back to you. You're the guest, and here I am complaining about Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. thanks, Dave. thanks, get Dave. it together. Dave. This but isn't like, your therapy session. Do you have guys? It's not. This isn't. <laughs> we're we're going to pay you. Um, do you have guys that? Oh, um, <laughs> geez, I don't even I'll probably get paid more to be your therapist than a stand-up comedian <laughs> in LA. <laughs> We, yeah, probably. Yeah. Stand up skip paid nothing. We've so. really made all the wrong decisions in life trying to make other people laugh and be happy. I know. It's really, it's really like, my biggest flaw. That's my biggest flaw is not actually having a real job where I can make money. Well, what got you into this shit? How'd you get here? Trauma. But I think, uh, <laughs> no, you know what happened when I moved to L.A.? I was doing improv. I started UCB 101 and 201 in New York. Me too. And then I moved Continue. here. And then I'm born and raised in New York. So and then I came here about four and a half years ago, maybe. And I had a meeting with the casting director and it was set up by a producer friend. She didn't know me, but she was doing a favor. And we talked for an hour. We really hit it off. We were laughing so much. And at the the end, she goes, I just want to let you know, you are more funny, less pretty. And And I was like, like, oh my God, you think I'm funny? (laughs) Why did she bring your looks into it? Uh, Just to let me know where I was at. Jeez. I you mean, know, it's like they think that you're they're like doing you a favor, telling you your type, but you're also like, Fuck I'm like, well, you. okay, I get it. Um, but it's a good, hurt, it's but a good also place. Thank you. It's a good place to be in the career to. to but not- I get it because what she was trying to say is if you're funny, you should capitalize on that. And at the time I came here a dramatic actor and I had no idea I was funny. 
like legitimately no idea. I was taking improv because I think I had an instinct that I wanted to just try out, but I was really bad at it. I got really good, but I hated it. I yeah. couldn't, I don't like the team mentality, honestly. You know, there is no I in team for a reason. And plus, I like to be alone. So <laughs> Every guy probably tried to fuck you too. Oh, don't get it, me started. It, no, I, I did UCB. You, I mean, it's in stand-up and UCB. Yeah. Who, but I also trying did to Groundlings. I finished UCB here. Then I went to Groundlings. And I was like, why do I still hate this? And then I started doing stand-up. And I was like, oh, because I'm a lone wolf and pro- will also probably die alone. Lone wolf, <laughs> control freak. Not in a bad way, but just mm-hmm. like, I'm going to dictate how this shit's going to go. Yeah. And you don't get that with improv or sketch. You're team player. I totally get it. It's like playing tennis you're playing singles yeah you just give me the ball let's fucking do it i'm gonna bomb if if i do it's because of me and i want to own it up well i also like writing jokes yeah you either want all the glory or not it's like i don't want to share the glory i just want to know that i killed it by myself you can't replicate that you can have a fun set with improv or sketch but like you can't replicate it's like i did that i took a shit situation spun it or whatever yeah i I get that yeah it's it's a high it's a drug it is a drug and uh, i think i'm addicted to it yeah so Better so, than cocaine. So you said you were Some doing... Some might say. <laughs> you were doing dramatic acting in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, what got you there? Were you Did you study in college or were I you did. Well, geek? I was always acting, but just on the side. I never really gave myself permission to do it full time. And I started... I had a real job when I got out of college because my parents were like, okay, that's nice, but actually have a job. You know, I mean, they're so Jewish. Entertainment is like the well, last job like on the it- list for Jews. It's like doctor, lawyer finance which is so weird because all of hollywood's jew jewish i don't know if i said that right it's jewish people so i'm so just worried yeah be careful we do own you yeah, yeah. So, but it's like but i understand what you're saying whether there's a pressure to like you know you want to like they want you to be successful and secure and, and all that and you're not gonna right i think they just want me to be stable and have a nice all life. parents want what's best for their children they want them to not have to like worry about money to not have to suffer to not have a stressful shitty job Oh, they don't want me to survive off of external validation. (laughs) That's so weird. Yeah, I didn't realize that was podcast credit source of income. Mom, I did the sap this week. Cool. (laughs) Now, did you have like a coming out of the closet moment where like, hey, I'm doing creative arts, and they were like, get out. Was there like like that, or were they just supportive off the bat? They're never supportive. I love them. I think uh, they're doing the best they can with the situation that's been given to them. Because I think that in their heads, they're like, she could be making so much money. She could be a millionaire by now by, you know, being in finance or continuing and having been a doctor or been a lawyer, whatever it is. I'm very good at arguing. So I think that's why they want me to be a lawyer. Um, But, you know, tough cookie. Here we are. Do you have any brothers and sisters? I have an older sister and she works in real estate in Manhattan and she is this never mind she might listen to this but um (laughs) she's really beautiful and she's very fierce and she's super intimidating i don't know what happened but she looks like a kardashian and i'm the palest person i get burned by the moonlight like i'm worried sitting near the window (laughs) um like i only have three skin tones red white and spray tan you know and she's so tan and tall and has huge boobs like two basketballs and i just i look like i got bitten by a spider and therefore (laughs) have a boob that will probably disappear uh we're different is what i'm trying to say so Um, you're the young funny one it was it so do you think your humor was to overcompensate for not having your your older not having a personality for so long (laughs) or that yeah both probably i was going with tits but personality i mean you know your humor is kind of your way of bonding either a family that doesn't talk uh in a healthy way or you know being or feeling like the run to the litter or forgotten yeah so like what was what do you think it was about your fan your either family upbringing or friends that made you become the sort of uh funny i was never the funny one i was always the very serious one 
And so that's what I'm saying. I didn't know I was funny because I didn't ever act out on that I uh, impulse because for me, uh, the highest sign of intelligence was science. And so I pursued science for a really long time. I studied breast cancer research at Tufts University Medical School. And I really thought I was going to go into science. But the thing about research is that it's really isolating and super lonely. And I love people, which I also hate people. So it's like a complicated relationship. You get it. Um, I'd rather like I feel more comfortable with a room of 300 people talking to them than having to talk one on one to anyone. Yeah, for sure. You get that, right? Yeah, because it because it, it's you're, you might be with them, but you're you're sitting on a six inch platform. So you're actually like on a different level. I don't mean that. Yeah, in, like, I'm a better than. Way. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> you're the presenter. They're the listener. So like there's a dynamic right. there versus like if you were mingling at a cocktail party, you might be like, get me out of this place. Right. You well, know? when I was working in the lab, I mean, they hated that I wore makeup. They, there was no place for humor. And at that time, I was trying to... I wasn't writing jokes or anything. I was just... My personality was finally starting to come out. And I was starting to make jokes and laugh with people, or at least try to. And it just wasn't a place to be humorous. And I actually got kicked out of the lab one day. And it totally flatlined my interest in science. Uh, we were performing surgery on a rat that we were removing a tumor from. And in science, you call it a sack when you put an animal down which is a sacrifice. In this case, they were trying not to kill this animal. They were trying to remove the tumor to study it and then have the rat survive and then see if it grew another cancer or not. And we were cutting it open and we were taking the tumor out and she accidentally hit a vessel and it died instantly. And I just said, I guess we're going to be late for dinner. (laughs) And she's just like, get out. Out of the lab. Get out. And was she a professor? Or well, like, the thing was too, she? what was odd is that she was a lab tech. Okay. At the time, I was a vegetarian and I had really conflicted. I was a vegetarian for eight years from 12 to 20 when it wasn't cool and it, like no one thought I was fighting for anything. <laughs> and I had really conflicted emotions about working there in the first place because animal You're testing animal was testing. really hard for me, but I realized it was for the greater good of humanity. And what the work that they were doing was for bisphenol A, which is now well known to cause breast cancer. And so we were at the forefront of that research. But at the time, I just, I didn't understand social graces, if that makes any sense. Like, there's a time and a place to be funny. Like, that wasn't a funny time but to say that. But yeah, but it's also like, maybe she was just being a little bit sensitive that day. Because, because it's she not accidentally that, murdered an animal. Yeah, I get it. It's, it's not that <laughs> bad of a joke. You know right. what I mean? Like, I can imagine my grandma saying something like that. It's, like, it's not like it's... But see, it's like when your grandma says it, it's like she's too old to know better. You know, but I was really young but and sometimes, I should have known better. But sometimes a little crack is like an icebreaker. You know, it takes, it diffuses the tension. the tension. Right. And then because it was such a high level restriction building and I didn't have all the cards to get into the room that we were at, I had to hit all the fire emergency exits on the way down. And so the building, all, <laughs> all the alarms went off. I felt so embarrassed to go tell her I needed her to walk me out after kicking me out. (laughs) And I just hit all the fire alarms on the way out and left the building as all these fire trucks came and the whole building was evacuated. Shut up. It was Did they like push out a rat on a little gurney? Oh my God. (laughs) Hilarious. And also really sad. But like, so if you're anything like me, sometimes you know what you're about to say. Mm -hmm. Wait, hold on. You really thought the better option was to hit all the fire alarms than to just be like, I was so humiliated. Or like, wait. Because her reaction was so direct and sincere and fierce. She frightened me. 
the way she looked at me, she looked through my soul and pierced it. Like I lost a little bit of myself that day. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to hell. I'm certainly going to hell. I also felt guilty, you know, because I didn't mean to be disrespectful to the recently deceased, but I also... <laughs> it was a rat. Yeah, it was a rat. But here's but, a, here's a yeah. thing, though. And in like, New York, people would, like, just stab it and be like, whoa, thank God. But yeah, then when you humanize killer. it, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. It was a. It was. I an don't know situation. if you were in the wrong, but, you, I mean, it's one of those things you have to know the dynamic of, like, your superiors and this and that. But, but she also, wasn't in the right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, I've been in that even scenario with Tasha where, like, I'll, I'll, if I have a joke that's too good not to say, even though I know she's not in the right mood for it, I go for the joke and I apologize later. I can't not do it. I did that the other day with a couple of friends that, you know, when you're in the roast culture or you're around it a lot and you're a comic and my personality is pretty harsh. I'm not for everyone, you know? And I think I have some jokes that are very dark, even in my own standup about myself, you know, it's no one's safe, including me, you know, I'm my own worst enemy in that regard. But I said a joke in front of two people. I could not, I just was like, this is, this has to be shared. And it, on some level, I know that this will be really funny, but that they, I, it's a, it's, I'm really rolling the dice about whether or not they'll find it funny. And they, did not find did not work out no, well? b- bombed in front of my friends and yeah. i was like come on like i know deep down you know that was a great joke you just feel <laughs> like you can't laugh at it well i made a joke uh, yeah actually yeah i won't say it but it was um it was in in response to the shane gillis thing who was fired from snl mm-hmm. for for making for uh, making light of uh, asian slurs and um and i and i told it on the way to a stand-up show the other night and it it killed in the car louder <laughs> it was with channing and uh, zach and, and someone else it killed in the car harder than anything ever and then i went and go bombed my set and i was like i couldn't do that in front of people like i just decided that that wasn't something that was ready for like and maybe you get to a place where your audience can handle it but sometimes your audience is like a new date you're on but like do you want don't don't, like it's a litmus test like your humor is a litmus also some jokes that play well and in among friends doesn't play well play well on the stage yeah because they're just a little too risky well that or sometimes i'll tell stories that kill and with my friends and then i go on stage i'm like why is no one laughing this yeah. was so great to my one friend Joe. Like, you know, sometimes like, the audience doesn't have the same sort of um, context that your friends have, like because they know who you are. Right? Like, do you do guys? Because the the thing I've heard a lot is that men don't really care if the girl's funny in a relationship. Like, do you do you find that? Whereas guys you're dating could care less about your humor, or is it? Here's just- what's difficult dating as a comedian. When I date non comics, the here are all the options. One, the guy will resent that I'm funny, and intentionally not laugh and then it's just uncomfortable the second option is that they try to be funny and they're not funny which hurts me even more to be <laughs> honest is i'm like oh i don't even i'm not going to pretend to laugh at your joke i'm not that kind of girl like i will it's so hard for me to laugh and if you make me laugh we'll probably get married you know but other than that like you're dead to me and then the third option is i feel like i'm putting on a show with a really great audience member and it's someone who I feel really comfortable around and loves that I'm funny and lets me be a little star and I just make them laugh the whole time and we laugh so much. And then I'm like, oh, we're laughing because I'm funny, not because this person is funny. So I'm like, they're bringing out the best in me, but also now am I just putting on a show all the time? But could you handle that? Could you marry like a stiff who's got like a nice accounting job? If we were having a great time and he loved my sense of humor, for sure. And if I felt like, you know, I, I think they're regular normies, you know, regular people who normies. are funny in their way, not meaning to be funny. They just are. Yeah, like a non-comedian that just has a good sense of humor. Yes, I could totally date someone like that. But it's interesting because I've recently met 
two people where I was like, oh, we have the same sense of humor. And that is so rare. You know what I mean? Like in my lifetime, I've only met two people that I really felt like got my brain where I was like, I was just about to make that joke. How did you <laughs> see that coming? Like, is this what women want? Can you actually hear my inner voice? <laughs> um, and that's exciting. That's an exciting feeling for me. Now, now, if, if you if if sense of humor is going well with a guy, do you kind of like glaze over red flags? Like, is that enough I used to-, to, but I don't anymore because I went on. Okay. So I had a first date with a guy where I was the funny one. He was a great audience member. He loved it. We had fun. I left and I was like, is that my husband? LOL. We went on a second date a week later. We went bowling and he nagged me. What did he say? So he was choosing the names for our future children. <laughs> LOL. Um, <laughs> he was using the names uh, for what, on the board. What, yeah, what appears on the board. And he put his in and it was funny or whatever. I don't remember what he chose. And then for mine, he wrote the help. Which was just... Yeah, what does that even refer to? Like that I would be the help at a party or something. It was just so odd and not fun. And it took him forever to think about it. So I was like, what the fuck is he uh, doing? So it wasn't he like a good nag? No, it wasn't- he was agonizing over what he thought would be a funny dig. And then I shut off totally. I was like, I'm done. I'm done here. This is it. Wow. So that was enough for him to... That was enough for you to fall out of attraction with him. 100%. Interesting. Because not only was it a bad joke... But he was nagging me. Yeah. So I was out. Now, I I respect that you don't want to be nagged. Mm-hmm. Same thing with you, Tasha. And for all the females listening, I respect that you think you don't want to be nagged. But I think there's an art, just like with comedy, mm-hmm. to sort of like ribbing. And men do but it with... But there's a difference between nagging and ribbing. And I also... What's ribbing? Th- I would say... Like, ri- like little, like sort of like little roast. Okay. You know what I mean? Like Making just little fun burns. is different than a neg. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like that's something that you do later on in a relationship, not when you're just meeting someone and you're just starting to date them because nagging is specifically to like make a girl feel insecure mm-hmm. so that she wants to sleep with you. I mean, that's literally its origin. Yeah, I, I hear you. There's a difference between like ribbon and like making fun of each other a little I, bit. But I also think, and again, I know I'm not going to win any uh, feminism of the year awards <laughs> here, but I think there's something we were to- giving them out today. So. <laughs> here you go it's just like uh bangs it's just a jezebel with bangs on it i don't know it's a feminist haircut okay so you know the short bangs okay um keep going yeah let's see where this goes i'm negging the podcast i'm negging all of women here you're suddenly no longer even a nominee i think okay so like in football sometimes you don't need to tackle the guy if you're making a block sometimes you just need to like check him like like knock Mm. him off it knock him on his heels and that's enough to slow him down for you to go do your job and and i think when you're um it's so hard to start an analogy when you don't know where it goes (laughs) (laughs) I have like a map with no destination uh, in my career. Uh, But when you're, when you're sometimes. Yeah, we watched it figured out (laughs) and we loved it. Uh, There's so many, put it it this way. I'm I'm just a five foot 11 or 10, depending on if I did yoga that day. I'm just a white dude with good hair. And, you know, you know, I look like the ugly Kennedy brother, right? I'm not JFK. I'm I'm the Robert Kennedy, young Robert Kennedy with buck teeth. Okay. That's me. That's my zone. Sometimes you're not the guy who walks in and everyone looks at, and you need to just jack somebody up a little and just like introduce a little bit of like, slow them down before they reject you. So your insecurity makes you makes you prey on a woman by making her feel insecure well, I'll, yeah I'll, I'll put it this exactly. way exactly uh, uh, we had literally the most insane argument the other day over Blake do you watch the bachelor 
bullshit? No, I don't. Okay, well, we, the, we won't go into we, yeah, it. Don't. But he literally did exactly the same thing. He Ew. was feeling insecure. He threw a girl under the bus. Dave and I fought for... T- it was our first fight. We're not talking about it. Okay. In how long? Ever? No. I mean, it was like a real serious fight that l- literally lasted for two hours. Your because end, he was coming to the defense of this guy who just did like literally the stupidest grossest most disgusting thing and here you are saying the same thing that this is one of your like no what i'm saying is behaviors. that is that on like there's there's first degree negging and second degree negging like there's people that are negging that read in a book just make fun of her eyebrows no 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 no. i'm saying there's a way to do there's a there's an art to talking to people with a little bit of a twinkle in your eye not to pull out their insecurities just say hey i'm in i'm in on this too like we're not going to take each other too seriously if that's not negging then i I don't agree with negging. Well, he- here's the thing. I find that I don't neg people, but with comedians, I feel like I have to put up a huge wall with guys because it will very quickly become a can I date her versus a can I book her? And, you know, it's hard for me because I've had to dodge so many bullets and I find myself acting like a dude just so people won't be attracted to me. And I, that was earlier on. And then I'm like, oh, no, how about I just be myself and tell him to go fuck off? You know, and so what I when I meet guys often, if they're where if there's banter starting, I'll just let them know I, who I am right off the bat and I'll probably knock them down to size. It's a, but that's a defense mechanism on my part because I'm not flirting. It's no, me just trying to get respect. But what you're saying <laughs> is very, what you're saying is very interesting. And I've thought about this because I, I can never put myself in the in female shoes. I've worn high heels, but not, you know, in this instance, I uh, I, did, I did see you taking your lipstick off earlier. When yeah, you walked in. I've sported. I've cross dressed <laughs> many a time in college. Many times I lip I lip. By we got to see, see the footage. I'm just saying, <laughs> you put some foundation on me. I've I've worn like a French maid costume. It's out there people there's some people that listen that went to college with me it's out there i'm okay with it there's a market for that it's funny that (laughs) i can dress like a french maid but not like blackface like you know obviously there's a difference there but anyway the point of what i'm saying is i i'll never truly understand what it's like to be a woman but i do i do empathize or at least feel bad that you, that a lot of times you can't be radiant and who you want to be without yeah. a guy thinking he want that you want to fuck him that's the thing is that i am naturally so charming and funny that <laughs> no you know it's sometimes when i'm being myself guys think because i'm joking with them i'm flirting with them and it's n- almost never the case i'm just hey this is who i am i literally talk this way with everyone or just being like present and patient and like being a good listener and showing somebody attention like yeah giving them respect yeah it's like (laughs) it's so confusing for some people to know that like no i'm not flirting with you i'm just being a decent human being but guys to this conversation right now but guys miss the signs sometimes you might be flirting with a guy and he's being respectful and doesn't realize that you want him to ask you like i've missed signs in the past so but i'm saying obviously like a man should uh should should tread cautiously and know that like the, if you're talking to another comedian and you want to be like charismatic that it doesn't mean you want to blow the guy like like, I that's, like that you went straight to blowing well, like I that go. i would get no pleasure out of it that i'm just there to service them like why couldn't you have had to said had sex with you know what i mean it's like oh he uh, really blowing is a way funnier <laughs> blowing can go both a guy can blow a girl no blowing no blowing's no. oral sex in my book if anyone right? no one has ever blown on my clip <laughs> Listen, Sorry to gentlemen right there. in leah lamar go find her she's got a show in town yeah, waiting for someone to blow on this clip <laughs> some 
somebody <laughs> blow it. Please get a leaf blower on it with one of those electric packs. Okay, but um, <laughs> thank you. Good, we got to laugh. Jesus. Uh, but um, so so when I'm I, not when, flirting with you, no, Dave. Just but, but, <laughs> no, just but here's the good thing. So I've known I've been in a committed relationship for a long time, right? It's been almost six years, right? And um, and so I know that in my head, but I also think sometimes six I six years, yeah. Boy, <laughs> I mean, really, imp- five and a half is more accurate. It's been about five and a half. It's, Wait, it's but- leaning on the six more than the five. Oh, We've passed that. Well, just God, can you believe I put up with this? Don't act like long? you just yeah. got out of war. <laughs> Jesus, oh boy, I'm telling you, I got to go to the VFW and talk to my comrades about going. I mean, five this is years. World War Three right now. <laughs> I'm watching it happen. I'm trying to make feminist points right how now. How did you know he was the one? Like, how did you know? Because what I mean by that is, anyone who dates more than three years, I'm like, you got to know at least that you like them enough to stay with them. Honestly, long. just like he kept not leaving when I tried to throw him out. Yeah. Like that really, I know what you mean. Really? That's like the thing It's like, I just couldn't get rid of him. And now here we are. It's just right? a, just a good old fashioned me too situation. And, <laughs> and Dave, how did you know? Oh boy, she just wouldn't. This is my podcast. She just with Leah Lamar. She yeah. wouldn't <laughs> kick me out officially. She would only get me to the door. No, um, what I was what, what was it? What I was going to say is that we, uh, since um, since we met, uh, uh, I was women. Uh, female comics were nice to me because they knew that I was like taking my relationship to the next level. Yeah. And I, because I was talking about it on stage, they know I'm not just like a fuck boy. And I think, and again, there's nothing wrong with being a fuck boy, but when I was a single comic, you might, you might want to get laid with another single comic. You know what I mean? Like there's a dating scene, uh, uh, within the comedy scene, with any it's profession. It's sort of why like girls like hanging out with gay guys because they know they can like go party and have a good time, like exactly. go to the club and they don't have to risk that like this guy's coming home and trying to take off which their is pants good the because end of the night. in the end i want women to feel comfortable around me in the in the community like i want and, uh, and i and i would say that i do have a lot of friends like i don't think like no one's ever felt creeped out by me but they know for sure that well, i'm not I mean, you didn't ask how i felt but <laughs> well, you made it here uh, <laughs> it's good enough for me but yeah. there's yeah i mean when i was single maybe you know you'd uh, it, there would be another there would just be another option and i'm not saying that that there isn't that option, but like with the longer I've been in a relationship, the more like, okay, he's not just dating. He's in a long-term committed relationship. Mm -hmm. So it's like, so you think that makes girls feel more secure around you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I think they go, all right. I feel like, like, uh, like Jackie, Jackie Brown, right? She was a guest on the podcast. She's a friend of ours. Yeah. She knows I'm not trying to fuck her. And I'm sure a lot Mm -hmm. of guys are trying to fuck her. And same with you. I'm sure there's a lot of guys that would fuck, that want to fuck that. And, and you can't, yes, there certainly are. (laughs) (laughs) And and you can't necessarily be who you want to be to your authentic self without, without having a guy want to do a writing session with you. And then you're like, does he like me? Does he really want me in a sketch? I would never do a writing session with someone (laughs) less funny than me. I just don't write. (laughs) But there's plenty of guys that are, headliners and they go they want to take you on the road and you yeah. go great i need the stage time on the road but are you trying to fuck me right now no 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 i'm not trying to fuck you all about the dates just got canceled so we can't take you on the road you mm-hmm. know what i mean like mm-hmm. there's women are presented with that all the time and that's just not a lens that guys have to deal we don't have to deal with that and the occasions where we do get hit on by women and it happens uh it's harmless because we're generally not worried for our lives or thinking we're getting you know put in a, in a situation where we can't walk back to our cars by ourselves so like there is a difference there so i feel bad for you I feel bad, Tasha, that you got to put bitch face on when you meet a dude. You do. You put bitch face on. 
and she does it real quick. It's just there, it just sticks to her face. And you know, but you're 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 quiet now. But like, you're am I right or am yeah, I right? Yeah, yeah, you're Dave, absolutely. Keep talking, right. Dave. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So, what made ladies. you think? Would you? What made you know that she was the one? Like, Look, what made you stop? Great question. And we had a podcast uh, listener ask me this recently because I think he was getting into a long-term relationship and he had the same questions. And you go, "Look, you just trust. You trust in your soul and your spirit." And you go, "I'm." I've, I mean, there's been times when Tasha's kicked me out or told me like it's over and I've literally gone to get, you know, Little Caesars pizza and, and like and like sit things out and think about it. That's happened many times. But then I also realize, is she kicking me out or is like her ego like need a minute? And every time that you've needed a minute or an hour or a couple days, we've gotten back together. Well, I think it's more about like me it's not that I need a minute. It's that I need to make clear to you that are we breaking up right now. <laughs> that I, I have this effect on relationships, <laughs> yeah. but that I expect more out of you and I'm going to hold you to a higher standard Why than what you're work? meeting. So either you're going to go get pizza and decide <laughs> I can meet the standard or you're yeah, going to decide. He's really suffering. Or you'll decide loading. that it's not worth it anymore. And I think in our situation, you've always decided that, like you still want to give it the effort and i've decided mm-hmm. i'll still give you one more shot no but that's not are. a po- that's not a healthy way to like i think describe it healthy. you'll give me another shot like you're and shit's you'll give just it another shot no. yes, i mean look at her no offense dave <laughs> we know got, who the prize is i've got potential let me tell you my gray hairs are coming in i am gonna be a good looking yeah, mid-30s beard I got hair a little is going pot, on patchy whites happening over here patchy whites that's the name of my next podcast patchy whites that should be your uh, album next <laughs> album title <laughs> Yeah. Um, but Tasha, I mean, really think about it. Like you've, you, you've been like a runaway bride. You've always been like trying to <laughs> run away from these issues. And I've been kind of like, let's fucking talk it out, kid. Let's what, do what it. What are your issues? She just, she'll kick me. She used to kick me out over like nothing. Like she wanted me to wear. Nothing. Okay. Okay. Quick story. Uh, Our, no, we don't need to bring uh, up. Exactly. No, we'll talk about it later. You wanted me to wear uh pants we were we didn't live together we we're going on like a midnight hike or whatever and she wanted me and i was like I, bu- I burn hot okay i don't need to wear pants but she wanted me to wear pants or like some long sleeve jacket some guy left over i'm like i'm not wearing another dude's fucking uh lost and found every woman's yeah, got but lost it and found literally means the difference between us being able to go make this hike it was like a big group like yeah. it was a last minute thing big group going it's like a moonlight a hike right mm-hmm. and he doesn't have time to go back to his house and get shit i didn't i have it. oversized things in my closet did he know it was a guy's thing no did he guess yeah, yeah it was but a like, flannel i was just hitting my fucking tooth <laughs> it's a it was a dude's thing and, and the point was is that i was like totally fine I was like, but no, you're no, gonna no, sabotage cool. our night to go like do something no fun that wasn't my intention ego. no but it was that it doesn't matter if that was your intention but That's you the outcome. couldn't what happened leah thanks for asking these questions what happened is that she couldn't you just see this is still a very painful you know, memory put, feels put fresh it way, was it, it last week if i no this is five five and a half years ago <laughs> This was the first fight. <laughs> if we had to make up at a bagel shop the next day. Uh, Are you sure you guys aren't Jewish? <laughs> uh, could be. Um, and uh, so, you, like, if we had, if that was a kid, if a kid was like, I don't want to wear the... I'd say, okay, cool. And I'd let them freeze to death on the hike overnight. But by the so way... you let your child die. I would let I would I would let them make choices and like gently be there to let them know if it was the wrong choice. That's an interesting outlook. Yeah. Thank you. Moving on. So I'm right. And yeah. So but these are types of things. Is that something you really want to like decide if your relationship's worth it or not over? Maybe. Maybe that's enough. Maybe whether or not a guy's gonna wear a flannel shirt is enough to wreck yeah, a relationship. Yeah, but you can say the same thing to you. Is that really what you wanted to die over? Is no, because but that's you're a too problem. stubborn that's to wear a jacket? Of you for 
Dave. <laughs> <laughs> the problem was, is like you kicked me out. You're like, I'm done, and I, you know, and I was like, oh, what the fuck? And sure, I was upset, but I was like, this is bogus that I'm not gonna wear a dude's shirt and i was but okay. why are you it, you gotta check your ego no I you mean, don't there's, yes, there's you some do. points when That's, you're not gonna I wear get it i remember my ex-boyfriend he really wanted to go in the hot tub but i didn't have a bathing suit at his house and he's like I do have my exes and I was like, fuck it. But that's different. Cause it's like your vagina, vagina. touching where their vagina but was. It, like they hadn't dated in like two years. It's just like a bag of clothes he had under. Now that I think about it, um, I was clothed and ready to go. The whole point of the story is that it's not always some moral issue, whether or not it's like, are we going to be okay for life? It's like, we had to figure out how to put a surfboard on a roof. We had to figure out how to build. So it all came back. So I'm looking at this going, we have a lot of team building problems. It's a communication issue. We're not good at team building. We're not good at delegating. We're not good at doing laundry together. We're not good at these things. Is that enough to say we can't learn how to do laundry together, learn how to put a fucking surfboard on a roof? No. And there's plenty of times where I let you pack your suitcase and I pack mine. There's times when you let me kind of do my thing and not worry about it. And we've learned to sort of not micromanage each other and it's not perfect. But to me, I was like, this. if this was a, like a video game or if we were like programming or whatever, the code is fucked up. Tasha's not fucked up. I'm not fucked up. Mm. We The code is fucked up and we have to work on that code. We have to slice it out. Problem being, a lot of times we'll flip the fucking domino board after a fight and you can't even get back to the code because I just called you a goddamn whore and you called me a fucking psycho. I n- I've never called you that. But the point being <laughs> is that when you fight, you start throwing haymakers at each other that you lose the initial point. It's important in a relationship to not throw the haymakers so you don't lose the initial fight. And that way you can fix the thing and it's not just some fucking bastula of Christmas tree lights that you can't undo. Are you done? I think so. I think I've got to my point. <laughs> you did. You had a good point. Thank is that you. You've got to stick to the problem at hand. When a problem comes up, address the problem, not bringing all this other floofy stuff. Wow. Thank you so for sustained. the short summary. Yeah. <laughs> Leah, we... <laughs> <laughs> the beauty of us and what we do here is that we don't have the answers. We're wor- we're working our way through it. Yeah, and no I'm, one. Does. I'm seeing that. No, no one yeah. does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but like, whenever you know, they always, like a uh, Bill Burr's new special is great because he's like, you know, I love fucking love Bill Burr, but he's talking about his wife so and funny. how she's the final product. She's got the she's in the museum with the light shining down on her, like she's got nothing wrong, and we're all just trying to fix him. But a lot of times, you got to be careful in any situation if you're trying to work on somebody else, turn it around. And I'm guilty of that. I'm always like, well, if Tasha would just change this, I find out how highly sensitive i am i'm so sensitive well my new thing is that i won't date anyone if there's a if this then that like oh if they dress better then i would feel more comfortable being around them or oh if he was uh better with his money then i would feel more secure dating him like if there's any sort of if it's a deal breaker situation where i feel like i would have to change who they are then i'm out were you ever in a relationship where you l- lost your identity? Because what you're basically yeah, saying is 100%. that you're not willing to be like codependent and like put their needs ahead of yours. Not, or like their babysitter or their mom. It's not your job to oof. train somebody how 100%. to be a grown man. I'm not trying to date someone who has potential. I'm trying to date someone as is. And if they work as is, then I'm good to go. But if there's like, okay, well, if I fix this, that, and this about him, then he'd be perfect to date. You know, it's like, but what I, if I'm done got- being someone's trainer. You know, I'm like, I want to fully, I want a guy who's been dumped 800 times. (laughs) Who has already sort of fully realized his potential and come into himself, like who he's going to be. A hundred percent. I'm not trying to put the work in. 
it's very hard trying to, to reap the benefits of all <laughs> the other women's hard work it's very hard to grow with a partner it's hard to grow with them it, through your own like ugly whatever and become better people and it's it's a lot easier to take care of yourself and then you find the prince charming maybe he is the prince charming but for his seven exes he did x y and z wrong and like do like do, what like do you think there's anything you've done wrong in the past that through your own breakups you're now a better version like yeah like, i used to you- get dumped all the time when i lived in new york because i was insane i was really codependent i put everyone before me and my needs and when you do that you lose yourself immediately and you start obsessing over what they're doing who they're talking to when you're going to see them again like how is it going because in person i was great but everything happening outside when they didn't see me went crazy and so then i'd make passive aggressive remarks or it it's just challenging when you lose sight of yourself because i think I'm a super independent person now. You know, I feel I've done so much work on myself. I've been in therapy for years. I do more than that, you know, group therapy. And I think it's really important for people to focus on themselves and find what makes them special and unique and independent. And for me, love is two independent people coming together and walking hand in hand. It's not two people who need each other to survive. I want to want you not to need you. This sounds like a music video. Thank you so much. I, I want to want you not to need you. Yeah, I want to know that I'm not dependent on you for anything. I want to be completely self-reliant and know that I can give myself anything that you would give me except for the added bonus of companionship and romance. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that completely. Now, now, were you able to learn that uh, quick? Was it like an enlightenment moment where you're like, oh, shit, like after this horrible breakup, I realized I'm not taking care of myself? Or One just like- month ago. <laughs> <laughs> or was there just Yesterday. like same, was it the same patterns? Because what people need to know is like, if you don't fix your shit, if you keep getting ghosted on, you're going to keep getting no, no. ghosted. When I moved to LA, then I started dumping everyone. So please. But I'm just telling you about when I was in New York and I was a monster. This was before I started looking at myself. I picked, I put down the microscope, picked up the mirror. Wow. <laughs> started looking at myself and my own issues, which was the scariest thing ever. I was always putting my focus on other people because I didn't want to look at my own issues. But do you worry that you're, you are too hardened ab- about taking care of yourself that like there might be a guy who's ready to sweep you off your feet that you're not seeing like is that something that no, the guy that i have recently 72 hour man yes and it will probably end after this podcast <laughs> but he is the nicest sweetest most wonderful guy he genuinely and and if it doesn't work out i think we will still be friends because it would only not work out because of not something not because either of us did something horrible to the other person if that makes any sense it just wouldn't work out and i think that he's just so kind to me always and consistent and clear and i'm attracted to that now versus what i used to be attracted to which was the games and the manipulation and the i can get them to like me i can win them over i was chasing guys without realizing it Mm -hmm. uh because i didn't have any self-esteem i didn't realize how awesome i was and i am awesome (laughs) um no is that something women all is that is that a journey you think through your 20s where like you just you're you're worried more about rank like going for the asshole who's a dj or whatever because he looks cool like is that even you're looking at me like (laughs) no i I think that we recreate our family dynamic from childhood and that i was attracted to guys who were like my dad and that my dad likes to drink and there's a lot of addiction in my family 
And so I was always dating dr- like guys, alcoholics or people who have rage problems or people who have some sort of addictive behavior or some sort of something in the sphere of uh, chaos and unhealthy behaviors, which acted out in intimacy and vulnerability and communication issues. And so that's what the ultimate breakdown was where I was just relentlessly giving of myself mentally, emotionally, physically to make sure that this other person was okay. When I could have spent that time working on myself or my career and blooming. Time you'll never get back. Never get back. But it's valuable to, that you... That I'm surprised I haven't grayed early. Like, I can't... You know, I'm, like, surprised I still look so youthful. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, you know, what I like about this guy that I'm hanging out with is that he gives me no reasons to be concerned. He makes me... F- I've never felt the way I feel now, which is safe and comfortable. Like I trust him so easy. So easy. Totally. He makes me feel loved and he makes me feel special and he makes me feel taken care of. And it's not like he's buying me bracelets and diamond earrings. It's the way that he acts around me and the way that he's not ashamed to hold my hand. And the, I mean, you know, I, t- I said we have been friends not for very long, but we have been friends. So I knew him before this and I liked his heart. You know, I think it's really hard to find guys that are just nice because that's who they are. And he's not once tried to nag me or put me down. He's only nice to me and supportive and and encouraging. Do you think there's a benefit to having been friends that maybe you are were willing to give him a chance because you were friends first before versus him just being a stranger? I might not have if I didn't know him as a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Would you meet this guy? Would you let this guy talk to you at a bar? I find him cute. However, I don't think he's my normal type. I like to date ragingly attractive men who look like serial killers. You know what I mean? Like someone who looks like they... Ted Bundy. <laughs> yeah, literally. That's what my type is. Um, I was once dating a guy so hot that when we walked down the street together, people thought I was the one with money. I was like, this is awesome. Um, I got it. I was like, now I see why like 50-year-old men date, you know, 18-year-old models. It's because it's awesome. No, I think it's disgusting. But... Um, you know, Stalin was good looking. I saw a photo of him recently from his early 20s. He was a gorgeous man. He was like a dark-skinned Zac Efron. Anyway, moving along. I'm just saying, you know, you can be evil and good looking. I know. I, mean, I am also attracted to dictators. That's a problem of mine. I saw a photo of Hitler and I was like, we got a problem because I know yeah. I'm supposed to hate you. But yeah, I'm wet. Skin. So what can you do? Uh, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I, think, I think he's really cute and I enjoy all my time with him. Every well, time we spend together, I feel happy. Because look, look, it's a it's a kind of a supply and demand economics thing. If men thought that that they could like Trojan horse it through the friend zone into a relationship, I think they would. I think men have figured out that nagging is a, a way that, you know, might prey on a certain type of women or a certain place where you are. Yeah, but is that really the type of woman? Like, here's my thought is that nagging only works on someone who is very insecure and so that's mm-hmm. going to end up, if it ends up in a relationship, it's going to end up in a volatile relationship. Mm-hmm. So you're either just setting, I, I feel like the only reason people use nagging is because they want to get laid because already a relationship like that is doomed for failure. It's not going to be a successful relationship. Or it's to make you feel so insecure that you can't leave them. Right. Because I dated someone who constantly nagged me and I stayed with him because my self-esteem was low and in that moment, I truly thought he just wants the best for me. So he's telling me these things because he thinks it'll make me a better version of myself. Yeah. 
and in reality it's like oh no you know the guy i'm dating right now is like you're perfect like you're everything oh, about nice. you is like i love everything about the way you look you know and so my ex would say things about getting plastic surgery or this and that for you mm-hmm. wow yeah and at the time i was like he just wants me to succeed and because i had these blinders on of no he loves me this is this is him telling me the honest truth you know and i'm sure there are other people looking at this podcast who might be like well you could have a surgery or two but uh <laughs> couldn't, couldn't we, <laughs> we all yeah i mean we're in la don't yeah. you know don't let, let, don't take away my birthright but um <laughs> i don't know now i'm just attracted to guys who are nice I, any guy who nags me or says something mean i'm out immediately now but now but so immediately the um the overall thought was like uh women don't like nice guys right nice guys finish last that was the thought but it's i think you can be nice i think i mean i think i'm a nice guy I'm not. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm old enough to to really think that like, if if someone wanted to start shit with me, I think enough. And I know we live in a kind of a toxic stand up cu- culture, but I think enough people would get my back. And I think they they've proven that in the past when people have tried to like start shit with me. So anyway, my point being, you can be nice, but also like not be a sort of pushover. And I think women aren't attracted to pushovers. No, super we're not. needy type of guy. Needy and nice are different. So like yeah. a guy can be nice at his core, and it sounds like you've found a guy who's like stable and and like just knows what he wants and i'm really happy for and you he's that confidence that's yeah. the thing too i think that the way that he approaches me is with confidence and that is so sexy and that's what's important to distinguish is that when people say nice guys finish last normally we're not talking about this kind of nice guy no we're talking about needy guys or insecure guys or somebody that has some sort of like grimy other chip on their shoulder that comes off as creepy to girls it's very hard not to bring your baggage into a relationship it's very hard not to take whatever you passed because like for me I, I had I had dated girls that I'd like put my fucking life out there for them and then and then ex-boyfriends come back in the picture multiple times and that's something that's out of my control yeah but then and then so like not, not to say not to bring it all around tasha and that's not why i'm worried about your ex coming back into the picture i'm not worried about your ex coming back into the picture but even if you're not worried about something there's like a sort of sort of um you know a pathway where you go well this has happened to me three times so just so you know like if, when you wonder why i don't want your ex to be uh dog sitting the dog while we're on vacation it's because i just know how this turns out and it's bullshit so it's not that i don't yeah, trust but that you that sounds a little bit like if it's hysterical it's historical like if you it's hysterical yeah so it sounds like you're having a bit of a moment because you're getting triggered by something in your past not actually because you well, think you, that her action would indicate that she would do the same thing that someone in your past did to you right but i would i would it, yes but i would also expect her to understand that like that these things have happened it's not like i've had a nightmare yeah but it, here's what's important to remember is like you it's your baggage and you're asking me to deal with it you know what i mean no yeah oh my god we're out of time folks we gotta go it's your baggage and you're putting it on me it's just like yeah and you're making her carry it it's almost like emotional labor like don't put it on me to like change my life my needs my behaviors to fit your baggage if you have an issue from your past it's important for you to do the work on it not like throw it all so on you're my telling shoulders me you wouldn't have a problem if i treated if i was in communication with my ex the way you've been with some of your exes that, I think oh, that this eyes is, just went up to the ceiling. No, but I think you're. <laughs> no, I'm just saying there's a double. There's just like a there's a double standard there. Where like you, I can't you, wait to see what happens when I leave. No, no, we're, we're going out to. Di- we're we're, we're going to go get fly some. On the wall. No, no, we're we're good. We we always make sure the podcast ends on a good note. But okay, but my so point we'll my point being is that like hour. I don't ever want to think that I'm crazy. 
and I and I'm I think I'm very good at explaining to you like why I feel this way, why I don't want to wear a dude's plaid shirt, why I don't want your ex to watch the dog, why I don't want like your and ex to be your I photographer. It's like am I, am I crazy? Consideration. I think that like have it. good communication skills is you saying I feel this way because of X, Y, and Z. Bad communication would be like you not working on your baggage and it continues to be an issue even though like we already have a mutual understanding. Sure. And these things aren't even in the top hundred things that I, I lose sleep over. I don't, you know what I mean? Like these aren't real issues, but these are things. What are, we, what are we losing sleep over Dave? The fucking dog's been crying every night. I've literally lost sleep. And then he <laughs> licks my fingers with his wet nose and Trash just sleeps through all of it. That's what bothers me. No, but these are just scenarios where it's not always equal because what bothers me isn't necessarily going to bother you and vice versa. So sometimes I'm, I'm, I think it's crazy that you'll even float the idea that you'd let the ex watch the dogs. I'm like, God damn it, you can't, I would never go near that. And then and then another scenario where like me and my ex still followed each other on Instagram and that was a big deal breaker for Tasha. And I'm like, what? That's that's something I could still look at her Instagram without following her. No, like it seemed like so Facebook. arbitrary. What? But either way, I was like, that's so crazy to me. Who stays friends with their ex on Facebook? That just seems well, it depends like the if the breakup was bad or there not. There you go. Boom. And how long you were together? Like have you, you had like a any good stand? breakups? Yeah, that was fine. We're like, fr- like we're friends. Like I, if I needed to call her for like a, like say like um, I mean I don't, but say say like I, I, I can't even put a scenario together. But like I would say, you know, she's she's getting married. Congratulations. Uh, good for you. But just why? I think, I think like I said, uh, I think when her mom died years ago, I was like, I'm sorry for your loss. That's all. I just don't think that they need to be there. That's fine. But also, your ex follows the dog on Instagram, so that's what's weird I to me. I can't help it if somebody else follows my dog, Dave. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. The dog, but me. the dog also followed your ex. So I'm pretty sure Boone's paws weren't hitting the button. <laughs> Leah, what I'm Justin's saying. Wet nose. Leah, yeah. what I'm saying is that wasn't. But uh, what I'm saying is, is it's it's always complicated. But you you can kind of figure out that it's not like we're you have to come from it. Uh, with like the benefit that we're not trying to like hurt the other person by following an ex. There's just, there's just social media world. There's remnants of our past that come out of nowhere that kind of can just like, you know, they just, it's, it's okay. But that comes down to trust. Yeah. And with, and I'm happy for you because you don't, you don't feel crazy. I mean, to- we just started dating. So in a year from now, I might be like, I will murder him if he talks to another woman, but we no. don't know. I don't know. I mean, I just met him, you but know, the so, point I, is- I mean, like just started dating. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. But the ah, point okay. is, is that you <laughs> understand what makes you happy and yeah. what keeps your triggers from going off. Whereas maybe in New York, the codependency, while it's something you, you might always possess, I think I'll always possess it. As long as you date someone who doesn't, who texts you at the end of the night, if you're if he's going out clubbing, at least if someone doesn't put you in the position to wonder, yeah. then they're helping you not kind of reach those crazy parts. And and you shouldn't want you shouldn't be with somebody who sort of like uh, it makes you makes you show your ugly side. Well, I think that they say nice guys finish last for a reason because you could be the last person I have sex with. Wow! Oh. Blow on that pussy that nice like, right on that clit. i stalled because i was thinking clit. of a better way to say it but i i stand by that blowing that pussy um nice guys nice guys out there if someone's gonna take me there no one listen to dave he doesn't know anything about women some apparently. guys it's like gonna be his first time going down he's like i just i'm loyal listener <laughs> just like what the fuck is that and then we see a reddit post that makes it to the front page it's like dave neil ruined my life episode 356 blowing that pussy um <laughs> 
<laughs> I am happy for you. Now, I don't suggest guys start um, try to get laid from being friends. I'm sure this wasn't the uh, goal of. We his. haven't had sex. Oh well, okay, but I didn't. I wasn't asking. That's, but I it's felt good like that's what you were saying. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I probably just assumed. But uh, you guys are young and in love. Seventy-two hours. Uh, Seventy-three so hours yeah. now. <laughs> but yeah. um, I don't think that's necessarily a strategy for guys. But like with Tasha and myself, we were friends, and it wasn't a strategy. We were uh, living our own lives and, and and lined up where we lined up. And I do think that um, that it takes away the ulterior motive of like putting your game face on, and you were able to trust who he was. Yeah. And maybe and maybe he'll show you the ugly side. You know? Who knows? Who knows? But at least you're operating from a place where, of like uh, optimism, and I think that's important when you have a good thing. I mean, my ugly side is just when I wake up in the morning. Other than that, my personality <laughs> is flawless. Is your hair? Are you a hair? Uh, no, I look crazy? perfect in the morning. The hair's good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, no. I wanted to talk about your podcast before we get out of here. Yeah, hell so yeah. you've got a podcast mm-hmm. where you set up single people that you know mm-hmm. on the podcast. Tell yes. us about that. So it's called Falling in Love with Leah Lamar. Ironically, has nothing to do with me, and I mean never talk on it that's mm, a quarter percent true um i set two single friends up on a date and see if they fall in love so i will choose one person and then i will ask them a bunch of questions about age range they're looking for deal breaker sexual preference blah blah blah. and then i'll send them about 10 profiles i know of people i think match that description enough and then they'll tell me their top three and then based on that, I'll ask the other person if they're available and their interests. And if they both say yes, for the most part, for the most part, I always ask the other person, but sometimes I just set them up blindly. And then I have them on the podcast. I interview them individually and then I bring them both in the room and we do a select few questions from the 36 questions that lead to love by psychologist Arthur Aaron. It's really intimate. It's super vulnerable. It goes really deep. The questions what's one are of your, rough. What's one of your favorite questions? What's your relationship like with your mother? Okay. So like that's just a basic one, but it's not something you might ask on a first date because it's kind of a a hard question. Yeah, you can open up a huge can of worms there. Huge can of worms. And then uh, two of my favorites are um, what is your most treasured memory and what is your most terrible memory or embarrassing? And I find that the more open people are with each other, the better chance they have of overcoming the yes, I want to go on a date, another date with this person or no, I don't based off of those answers that's great that's a great question well so then after that they stare into each other's eyes for four minutes of uninterrupted eye contact wow no verbal communication is this uh, do you air this on the podcast is it just quiet for four minutes i cut the air but then i give you my own uh, opinions about what's going on during that and then i leave the room and they let them go on a date without me and they go on a date on the microphone so it's all recorded And then I come back in, I wrap up with them individually. And if they both say yes, then I have them exchange numbers upstairs and I follow up with them to see how it went and how it's going. And I do make rules. I'm like, look, if you're on my podcast, you have to have good communication. So if you say yes, you have to follow through on a date. And if you don't follow through on the date, this is not on me. You're a piece of shit, you know, because you're coming on my podcast. I'm telling you you put them on blast. Yeah. Good. And then the next one is no ghosting. So it has to be proper communication if it's not working out if yeah. you guys start dating. And I only say that because I don't want it to be a reflection of the format of my podcast. How, so, how 90s of you not letting them ghost. Thank <laughs> you so much. That. Very traditional. But the people I set up in, on June 1st are dating and they've met each other's parents already. Wow. And they just had their first post on Instagram. Is this Sarah? No. I won't, I won't say who it is because I'm going to have them come on the podcast and do a wrap up episode with me and tell me about everything that they've experienced on the, on the road. Let me ask you this. If, I'm sorry for interrupting. No, that's fine. 
how many used to white men interrupting me while I was speaking? <laughs> I just wanted to know how many of your couples have had sex, or just estimate how many? How many? I have would you say done this? two to three. Oh wow, that's it. that's powerful that you've two for sure. And third questionable. Two for sure. Yeah, one talked about it on the podcast. It was my first episode. They went on their first date, and then the second episode I had was their follow up six weeks into dating, and they talked all about it all about their sex good life. sex i guess yeah, how many episodes sex. have you had and re- how many matchmaker sessions have you done well i would say i've recorded way more episodes than are have been released because i record for about two hours and i just think it's too long so i have to edit them down to about an hour hour 15 and it takes quite a bit of time but i've haven't had that much luck honestly i think that it's what it comes down to is if the people really, really click and I know that I, I have had a lot of people go on a second date after the podcast and then I've had a lot of people ghost and that's fine. You know, it's like some people feel pressure to say yes in the moment because they don't want to hurt someone's uh, feelings. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, it kind of hurts their feelings even more. What's your take on that? What's your take on, on not wanting to hurt someone's feelings? Cause it, it can be worse in the I long think it's run, dishonest. but it still sucks in the present. Yeah. I, I think I've been guilty of it. I'm I'm trying to be better with it, but sometimes you really don't want to hurt people's feelings. And I understand that, but I think that letting people on or not being honest with how you feel is not really doing them a favor. Like, I don't think it's doing them a favor to wonder. Well, that's why I think the no ghosting rule is such a good idea because then, well, yeah, I mean, they are put on the spot where they have to say yes in the moment, but like, I always subscribe to the idea that like, it's just not right to go somebody. Have I done it? Sure. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I also really tried like before Dave, obviously when I was dating, if I didn't see a future with somebody and they texted me to ask to go out again, to just always be like, uh, I don't really see it working out. You know, it's like, you don't have to do it to their face. I but, thought like, about definitely crafting do a message it. for people on the podcast if it they're not interested because yeah. i'm like because if you don't do it it makes me feel bad but it has nothing to do with me and i should be hands off about it no, but, but it does have something that's a good or team like it. examples you of know. a polite way to let somebody down right and you know i feel like i could write a book about what i've seen because there are a lot of people who might not physically be interested in the person that they're talking to but over the course of being forced on a date essentially in a in a it's a it feels high stakes the podcast you know you're at the comedy store you're on a date people get dressed up cute Com- i have comics on who are just like i don't know what to wear you know and they'll come and you really start to like the person because you are opening up so much about your life that you may not have gone either on tinder or even on a first date sometimes because there's a rubric i'm asking you questions Mm -hmm. so you have to find out intimate details about each other's lives instead of being like so where are you from like it goes way deeper we have way more vulnerable we have our own bias too when we're when we're meeting someone or looking at them online we might be like nope but then in person like oh shit that person actually can hang like they're like you know you can't replicate the connection to allow people to surprise you a little bit i love that sentence well, we love you and we're happy that your <laughs> podcasting, like, oh, I just turned just there. <laughs> Thank we're you happy. so much, uh, you guys. I think it's fascinating that you've It's literally a little fast. <laughs> I want to take it slow, but I do love you too. <laughs> Please, <laughs> we adopt you. We love that you, that I, I think it's great. I, whenever I've gotten gotten friends laid, I it makes me feel more powerful. So good. And that is a cool thing. Like, I get the matchmaker thing. I've got a few friends that have been married because I've accidentally, like, even introduced them. I'm like, I, mean, I can take credit for I mean, that's a ticket to heaven. I have so many bricks on my path to hell 
that I need like a couple wins. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? To no, pull me back to purgatory. I like a good lifetime movie, right? So like, here's what I'm thinking. You introduce your friend Becky to this guy, Joel, right? You just but chose the whitest name and whitest. then the Jewishest name. Joel, Joel is Jewish? Uh, Joel, yeah. My buddy's Jewish named Joel, so I went with that. But I'm at, what, what, what would happen if you just lock eyes with Joel and you start to have a connection and he's into you more than he's into Becky? Has happened before. Wow. I won't say t- with who, and I will say I did try it out. But it was after a year. It was after a year after they had recorded their episode and nothing ever happened with them. Okay, but we okay, we have to end on this story then because <laughs> I, this is interesting to me. So you set up a female and a male mm-hmm. and then af- and then when did you feel like you had sparks with the guy? Listening to him share made me realize he's deeper than I thought he wow. was. I thought he was great, but I wasn't interested. And then when he was sharing, I realized how deep and fascinating he was honestly and the fact that he was able to share so eloquently and with such vulnerability it made me really attracted to him but i kept that attraction at bay because i wanted her to see if they had any sort of real chemistry and also you know the pool is endless really so i let them go explore and essentially nothing ever happened do you think he liked you during that moment i don't know i think so he yeah, I think so. He told you? Yeah. Well, it was, <laughs> it was more of a afterward, we had a phone call wrap up where he's like, you are incredible. Wow. You are doing such cool work and I really admire you and respect you and wow. I think you're so amazing. And I was like, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, and then I was like, oh, I, this guy's supportive and he's cute. And but this seems like such a common thing that could happen is that, you know, unbeknownst to you, you know, the juices are flying with the wrong person. And, but if this was your, she was, was she a friend of yours? Like, was She's she a, a really close did friend? Did she find out that you were into this she guy? D- did not care at all because she, she was interested to see what would happen, but then he followed up really poorly with her and it just, not, if, there was nothing there. What if she got clingy up front? This is a hypothetical. Yeah. What if she got clingy up front? but really liked him and you liked him and you knew that he liked you. I would never fight for a guy wow. over a friend. And I say that because anything that's meant to be will be, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. If you're meant to be, there's nothing that will keep you apart. And if you're not meant to be, there's nothing that can keep you together. So I think that at the end of the day, I'll end up with who's right for me. And so most, I mean, most good people who work on themselves will as well. <laughs> Uh, at least I hope that's true. And, you know, at the time I put my friendships before I put romance, because I think there are too many people in this world to just ruin a friendship over some guy who might not work out. Yeah. Mm. It probably won't work out. Yeah. I like to look at it as like uh, stocks, right? So like you want to get yourself at the highest level stock you can be. I love that we're like talking about emotions and you're like, okay, so when a guy nugs you, it's like a football. And you're like, wait, <laughs> so as romance, it's like a stock. It's like, all right. Okay, you're looking okay, at your yeah. investment portfolio, yeah. but it's law of attraction. Where you're we, like, if, you don't, if you're attracted to- When you're if, golfing if, and you're on the 18th <laughs> hole, it's like, okay, yeah, bury the balls. Um, but the point is, is that law of attraction, I believe in, we kind of all equal, it all equals out, right? So like whatever your energy level is equals that so why not just you know inflate the numbers be the best version of yourself before you settle down with somebody else like why not just like really invest in yourself which means eating right trying to pursue your passions just be just wor- doing all the things for yourself because like you, you then you're gonna find a guy who's or a woman whatever who's like striving to be the best themselves and then th- then then you're just higher higher energy right i wish i was lesbian yeah don't we all? i've prayed every night i'm like god <laughs> please make there's great guys out there 
but yeah, here's I met I, one. Here's I finally I, met one. 73, yeah. four hours. Here's yeah. what I pitch to you if this guy doesn't work out. If you start, if you if you do your podcast and you find out that you're into one of your subjects, call us I in. like that you called it a subject, <laughs> like I'm running an experiment. I'll like, make yeah. a bad joke and then I'll be kicked out. Elaborate. <laughs> yeah. Full circle. Emergency. Um, we'll come in and guest host for you two. If if you need to take yourself away from I it. love Ooh. I will take you so guys we'll, up on that. We'll just yeah. come in, we'll ask the questions and we'll do all that. We'll just free of charge. We're here to help you. <laughs> I don't know, but That's hilarious. Uh, thank you so much for coming over. Of Where course. can people find you on Instagram and all that? At Leah Lamar, L E A H L A M A R R. Two R's, not like Kendrick. Although if we did get married, I wonder if he'd take my last name or I take his. You know, uh who's willing Swap to erase it. the R or add one? Don't know. My podcast, Falling in Love with Leah Lamar. You can find me on iTunes and Spotify. It's also falling in love podcast on instagram i also have my web series the real witches of west hollywood that is doing real well uh what i mean by that is please watch it i need your <laughs> love and support at real witches of weho on instagram but you can also find us on youtube and i've got a lot of stand updates coming up so come check me out you can check my website or i post sometimes on instagram my website is www.lealamar.com i added the www because i'm 900 years old <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show thank you guys Leo for having will me also be on the mimosa show saturday um september 28th which will be the day before this comes out but we'll post it on our social media so people can get excited they can see you uh live stand up on the mimosa show and then listen to the podcast but thank you again so much for coming over and uh and sharing with us we appreciate all you of you guys are lovely thank you yeah <laughs> I wish we good you... are we good tasha are we good uh, uh, totally good <laughs> we're good we're gonna get food now we're happy yeah. all right thanks again <laughs> lamar falling in love with Liam lamar mm-hmm. on itunes everyone go subscribe leave her a nice comment let her know you heard it here bye everybody bye, bye. Now we take the photo. Yay, I love photos. Thanks so much, that was great. I um That was it folks. Hope you enjoyed this chat. I hope you guys have a great week. I hope you really do. I hope you uh you know, I hope you uh resist the urge to procrastinate on your creative dreams. Remember the war of art is out to stop you and you need to tell it to go fuck itself fuck itself go fuck off if you're still listening at this point uh, what i'm saying doesn't really matter but i do want you guys to know we do appreciate you listening throughout the whole episode and please do share it with a friend screen grab this tag at the dot sap throw it in your instagram stories tell your friends you're listening to a fun podcast that they need to be a part of it's a community we're not just talking to you we're here answering your emails sex actually podcast at gmail.com we're making it all happen we're hoping for that next feature we're growing so many good announcements to make in the near future we're gonna make some of them on the patreon if you guys want to hear the next pretty big announcement go to patreon.com slash this app become one of our monthly subscribers you get a you get a postcard when you sign up and then you get weekly content we are content machines folks you ask for it we're gonna hardly deliver so i hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next week bye everybody